as I look out over the world and I look out over the nation, I see a lot of divides on a lot of reasons, but the body of Christ is called to be ambassadors of Christ and to reconcile others to himself. So I'm grateful to be a part of this family and this community, and I pray that as I spend time here, not just when I'm preaching, but when I'm sitting here and listening to Pastor Aaron and others, that I can get to know you. Because how many of you know when you get to know somebody who is different than yourself, it breaks bridges, it gives opportunities to ask questions, it says, okay, tell me more about yourself, right? Um, And I don't want to be a mystery to anyone else. There are a couple things you can know about me. (laughs) And you can always look me up, right? So (laughs) go to Instagram, Facebook, and you'll find me. I'm a native of St. Paul, born and raised in St. Paul. And um, been married 25 years. I have two college-age girls, one at Wheaton College, uh, who's a junior, and one at Bethel University. I've been preaching for about 30 years, so I am well-preserved. I am older than you think. And uh, (laughs) um, I am older than you think. However, I love the Lord and I love the gospel. Much of my work has been young life. It's been youth and young adults. I've worked in prisons. I've done a lot of work so that the furthest out person can hear the joy that Jesus is still working. And I don't know about any of you, or if you were that furthest out person, if you were the person like, church is a joke, I'm not going, maybe you were church hurt, maybe you went through some of those things as I did, but then, in the moment that you needed God most, somebody was sent your way, or something opened your heart to say, man, everything I taught, learned about God isn't real, he is real. And no matter how much I've messed up, no matter how many times I've done something that has been heartbreaking, he still loves me, he still draws me, he still calls me his own. And that is the most captivating, beautiful thing that we have to offer anyone, brothers and sisters, is the truth that God is still at work in a world that seems as though there is darkness that is prevailing. Amen? Amen. So that is my heart's joy to be able to share that with you um, I spent the last 14 years of my life at Bethel University. For if any of these Bethel people, I was the campus pastor for 14 years. And so you think about that. It's like, th- this, is, this is what I preached. This is what, I look, what it looked like for 14 years for me. So it's not a strange thing for me. I might be strange to you, but <laughs> you're not strange to me. And so the reality is, is for 14 years, I had the privilege of pastoring amazing young people. And what that did is it built bridges and allowed me to be able to send young people into the world and to say, yep, I'm going to walk alongside you and do those things. So I had the privilege for 14 years of pastoring Bethel University, and now I am away from there and doing the great work of the kingdom, of continuing to preach, working for Pulse, and traveling the country preaching. So that's a little bit about me, but the biggest thing you need to know is I love Jesus, and I hope that together we will be able to grow in the love of Jesus Christ together. So grateful to be a part of this team. So we're going to continue in this series that has been launched called The Things That He Has Done. And my desire and my goal today is to talk about your best yes. Now, some of you have read the Lisa Turkhurst book, Your Best Yes, but I want to talk particularly today about the yes of Mary, but not just the yes of Mary, the yes of Joseph and what that has to do with the yes that we give to God. Anytime we preach a Christmas message for as pastors, we have two things that we can run up against. One is the mundane way in which this story has been told. And that's a terrifying prospect because the gospel story, particularly when Jesus comes on the scene, should never be a mundane story. 
It should always wow us that the God of all creation wrapped himself in flesh, stepped out of eternity and into our world, who suffered for us, knew us, loved us, broke the chains, and then ascended back into heaven where he intercedes for us in this very hour. I want us to be able to think about the reality that for us, we can either run against the mundane or we can fantasize it so much that we don't talk about the reality of that first century church, of what it was like for Jews, of what it was like for people in those days, and the incredible weight of the yes that Mary gave. The incredible weight. Because I want us to think for a moment what it would have been like to say yes when the whole of your community was watching you. When as a 15-year-old girl who was expected to be a virgin, was expected to be somebody who followed all the rules, seemingly broke the rules from their carnal eyes because they did not understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. Isn't it interesting that we talk about her as the Virgin Mary, right? I don't think any of us ladies or any of us gentlemen want to have on our marriage certificate, she was a virgin when she got married. Everybody, right? That's, that's not... Right? We don't need to have our stories displayed. Why did we talk about her as a virgin? It was not simply to talk about what was expected of her at that time. It was because the Holy Spirit was preparing to do something radical and miraculous through a woman who had never known a man and through a man who only trusted the word of God to bring forth a miracle. I want us to humanize this story because too many of us are so quick to say no. God couldn't work a miracle through me. God couldn't bring my whole family to salvation. God couldn't use somebody who doesn't have a doctorate or a college degree to work miracles. But I want you to remember who Mary and Joseph were. They weren't the elite of their culture, although they were of the lineage of David. How brilliant that even Joseph, who was simply marrying a young woman that he loved, came from the lineage of David, which gave Jesus both the legal authority to be called the Son of God, but also through the birth of Mary, gave him the spiritual right to sonship. God never does anything small. He always is a multiplier. And he used these two seemingly simple individuals, members of their town of Nazareth, to transform your life and mine as we know it in this moment. Their best yes set us on a trajectory to live a life of freedom and joy in the Holy Spirit with no holds barred. And for that, we ought to rejoice because their yes allowed her to be able to carry the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the hope for all eternity. And for that, when we sing joy to the world, there ought to be some joy. I know y'all are like, hey, we, we, that's not what we're doing. Yes, you are going, in Jesus' name. We're going to have some joy to the world. Don't just give your best shout out when the Vikings win and actually look like they might win a Super Bowl in a decade, right? Like, don't you, we can't just give our best praise when we're winning things. We've got to give our best praise. How many of you know when things are hard? And in the scripture we're going to read, we're going to see the best yes of Mary, who initially was struggling to understand what had happened to her, but in her sacred yes, it set forth a domino effect that blesses us to this day. Amen? Amen. So let's read this portion of Scripture coming from Luke chapter 1, 
verses 20, uh, 26 to 38, and it will be on the screen above you. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. How many of you need the Lord to be with you? And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Here is her yes. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I don't remember how, if any of you remember the moment that you said yes, your best yes to God. I don't know if you remember where you were. I don't know if you remember what state or condition you were in. I don't know if you were in treatment, like some of the people I work with at Teen Challenge. I don't know if you were in a huddled mass in preparing for a divorce. I don't know if you were broken. I don't know if you were joyful. I don't know where you were. But I want you to remember when you gave your best yes and all of the objections of the world who said, say no. Here we see that Mary is minding her business, probably uh, stripping wool, preparing to cook meals, just a simple girl, somewhere between the ages of 12 to 15. And all of a sudden, an angelic being comes to her. Now, let's be clear. God did not simply send angels to anyone. Angels were on assignment for a specific purpose, and their bidding and their call was to say what God said and what God said only. And so they were sent to this woman as she was cutting mutton and taking care of the things that were in her small village. And this angel comes to her, and what does he say to her? He says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary said, huh? <laughs> say what? That is the PLB or the Pastor Laurel Bunker translation. Who are you? Why are you in my house? You need to go. Well, something's wrong, right? She said the, he said, the Lord is with you. And she was troubled at his words and wondered what's getting ready to happen. He said, but don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. I remember the first time I surrendered my life to Christ. I was raised in the Catholic Church. I don't know if anyone else was. I was raised a good Catholic kid. I knew everything about holy days of obligation. I knew about all of the things that we were supposed to do. But Jesus was always past my fingertips. He was always suffering on the cross, and it was my fault. 
I didn't know how to draw close to Jesus. I knew how to be obedient. I knew how to be Catholic, but I didn't know how to be saved. I didn't know how to draw intimately to Jesus. And I needed someone to help me in all of the things in my life, the small and the large, the things I had done, which embarrassed me, and I knew if anyone else knew would probably embarrass them, was the reason why my quick answer would have been no. But how many of you know when we want to say no to God, no because of hurts, no because of pain, no because of perceptions about weird Christians, We want to say no because we don't want to give our money to the church or what all of our other reasons are. That when you have an intimate experience with Jesus that is beyond denominationalism, there is something that draws you through the Holy Spirit to say yes. There is something that drives you to your knees because you're exhausted and depleted and tired of trying to live your life your own way. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen in the house? Tired of sin. Tired of playing the game. If there's one thing I saw in my Bethel kids, it was this expectation that because they were at a Christian school, they need to have this game face like they were these superhero Christians who never thought a wrong thought, never turned on a screen and looked at a wrong thing, never looked at a woman or a man lustfully, never had a doubt or a question in their life. How many of you know that that shackles us to religiosity, not frees us to worship the king? What my students needed was the truth that even in our brokenness, God is pursuing us. Like the woman at the well, he kept sidling up next to her and slowly questioning and talking to her about her objections. And as soon as she finally found that this Jesus was no joke, that he really was the savior of the world, her no and her objection became, let me come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. Come, you who mocked me and you who I slept with and you who bullied me, come meet a man that changed my life and can change yours too. That's what Pastor Aaron asked us to do with those cards. Not to be afraid. As the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid. When you think about who you can invite, don't be afraid. They may say no, they may growl and scowl, but it's only because they've learned to keep a distance from people that seem just a little too happy or they know your testimony and they think it could happen for you, brother, but that can't happen for me or I've been drinking too long. You don't know anything about my testimony, but how many of you know God knows everything about us and he still stepped out of eternity to love us in all of our mess? And in this moment, Mary, terrified and trembling, thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Don't say anything. I'm supposed to marry Joseph. I'm supposed to do all the right religious things. I, I I don't want to say no to you. He said, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. That means God knows your name. Does it give any peace to anyone, any consolation in here that you're not a number in the annals? of of the uh, great annals of heaven, but that God knows your name? That every part of you God is intimately acquainted with and that it doesn't push him away from wanting to be intimately acquainted with you? So here she is, this angel saying, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Then uh, she was probably fine to that moment until he said, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. And she's like, yep, later on with Joseph. He's like, nope, right now through the Holy Spirit. She's like, hey, this is just getting worse and worse. My no is right here in my mouth. Right? 
He said, you're going to give birth to a son and you're going to call him Jesus. You don't even have to worry about what to name him. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> here's what you're going to name him. Here's what's going to happen. But here's what she needed to know. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Why did the angel say that? Because the good Jew, she knew who David was. He was the king of kings. And he knew that the Messiah who was to come would come from the lineage of David. So what the angel said to her is, you have now been set up to step foot into history forevermore as the one who brought forth the promise of all Israel. And as a Jew, as a 12 to a 15-year-old girl, the one who had gone faithfully to temple, praying and waiting for the Messiah to come, those who were Jewish trusted and believed that the only way the Messiah could come is if he was of the lineage of David the great king of all Israelites' people. But furthermore, he says, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. Who were Jacob's descendants? They were the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you remember that when Jacob wrestled with God and he left with a limp, his name was changed to Israel. And that is why the Jewish people are known as the Israelites and the 12 tribes. So he is speaking prophetically to a Jewish girl that he shall not only be royalty and of the lineage of David, which the Messiah must be, but all of the tribes of Israel, all of your people will worship him. You, my love, have hit the jackpot because you were getting ready to birth the Messiah. She still was probably terrified. No, no, this is not how we do things. This is the plan. Joseph and I are going to get married. He's going to take care of me. When we're ready, we're going to have children. Everybody knows I'm a virgin. You're getting ready to jack up my entire existence. I'm glad you're saying I'm a, you know I'm a virgin. But listen, this is not a yes that I'm ready to give. Amen? Amen. How many of you have ever been asked something of God or someone that you thought you could not say yes to? How many of you remember when you were first considering saying yes to Jesus, but you felt the weight of all of the no's? How am I going to talk about this? And how am I going to tell my brothers about this? Like, I mean, real dudes don't <laughs> doing this. Right? That no, but Mary asked further questions. How many of you know it's okay to ask God questions? She said, how can this be? I mean, I'm hearing you. And I celebrate the fact that you're telling me that, that something miraculous can happen through me, this little girl from this little town, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. I haven't done anything. Believe me, all the women in this town know. Because the mothers check. They did. In those times, it was regular before a woman got married to be checked to ensure that she was a virgin. And you can best believe that they checked after this moment. She said, how can this be? I haven't done anything. How can, this, how can this be? How can this be that you're asking me to give up my natural peace for something eternal? But he said, the Holy Spirit's got you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow, completely envelop and surround you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then what does the angel do? I am not just blessing you. Elizabeth who is your cousin, 
who was called barren is already pregnant and is in her sixth month. Why? Because nothing is impossible with God. Listen, today somebody is sitting in here who has an impossibility. You're saying like Mary did, how can this be? How, God, can you use me to start a business that can be able to feed the hungry or the world's poor? How can it be that you can take me, who used to be a, an alcoholic or, or somebody who's been divorced twice, how can you call me to be a missionary or to preach the gospel? How can it be? Believe me, brothers and sisters, I've had how can it be in my mouth before. When I looked at the position at Bethel University, when it first came into my preview, I can promise you that if I would have looked at that job through these natural eyes, I would have said no. I would have said, nobody there looks like me. I'm just a girl from St. Paul. I'm an African-American girl from St. Paul who's crazy and off a rocker half the time. I eat weird things to make kids laugh so that they come to Jesus. They don't want me over there. Do they know what they're asking for? That, those are, that's sweetest country. Do I look Swedish? I have not done 23 and me. There might be somebody in the ancestry, but it is not blatantly obvious. My no was in my mouth. I thought, I don't have a doctorate. These people aren't going to want to hear from me. These kids are going to say, why is she talking to us? How do we even relate to her? But God said, do you trust me? Do you love young people? Yes, Lord. Will you do what I say? Yes, God. How many know your small yeses can help you lead to a bigger yes later on? And in my worry and in my fear, I said yes, and the door was wide open, and it was 14 of the best years of my life. Marriages and baby dedications and seeing young people baptized in Lake Johanna. It didn't matter how different we were ethnically because we were born of the same blood, born of the king's blood. That means we were going to worship together forever at the throne. All of the other things, the Jew, the Greek, the slave, the free, the St. Paul, the Delano gave way to the king. We're family. And for 14 years, I was family with kids who came from all manner of towns, but we became family because of this moment. Because this moment when Mary said yes, and finally we hear her yes, where she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. I say yes, Jesus. Even though I don't have it all figured out, I say yes, Jesus. Even when I'm scared to death to tell my family, I say yes, Jesus. Even though as my belly swells, people in the market are going to look at me as I go to get fruits and vegetables, I say yes, Jesus. Even though I don't have the words to explain this to Joseph, I say yes, Jesus. Let it be unto me exactly as you have said. And then the angel left her. And the miracle began. She said, yeah, I see it all now. Now I see it. Even though I don't feel it, I see it. And I recognize it, that God is doing something amazing in my life. So while we recognize that she might have been terrified, how many of you know that when the spirit of the living God comes and visits you, even as the Holy Spirit may be tapping some of you on the shoulder right now to say, say yes, say yes to me. Say yes to more than showing up on Sunday. Say yes to deeper life in me. 
Say yes to quitting those habits. Say yes to a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Say yes to putting your fears on the altar. Say yes so that I can take you into deeper realms, higher heights, deeper depths, so that you're not just a member of this great church called the Highlands, but you're disciples of Christ. And everywhere you go, you're picking up territory. And everywhere you go, you're proclaiming the gospel. And everywhere you go, people say, what is that on you? And you're like, well... I smell, he's like, no, it's not that. What is it on you? Not what do you have on you, right? And you could say, it's the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. A lost, broken person like me, I was lost, but I'm found. I was blind to my own need, but now I see. Mary's yes set her up. And through a dream, we see that Joseph said yes. And as Joseph said, yes, we see this young couple that could have been destroyed by the work of Satan. Instead, God moved, and we see the work of God continuing to develop in their life. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you question whether your sacred yes could spark a flame in others and be a catalyst for a modern-day miracle? Young people, how many of you in here who are high schoolers or others believe that some of our high schools need a miracle? Some of our high schools are full of so much bullying and so much depression and so much anxiety. What if the Holy Spirit showed up and said, you, you do it. You start FCA. You praise God. You go to see you at the pole. And don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. What if revival could begin right here in this auditorium? What if? What if you said, we're not going to be afraid. We're going to talk about Jesus everywhere that we go. And even when people look at us crazy, how many know if that's the worst that you get? When we've got brothers and sisters around the world who have themselves beheaded for the gospel, then take it and take it boldly. For Jesus said, those who deny me publicly, I will deny in front of the Father. How many of you know it's time for boldness? It's time for us to recognize what God has done. And God wants to use you to be a part of a modern-day miracle. Or has your heart become callous because you said yes, but you're still waiting on a manifestation of your commitment? Or do you not believe that all things are possible? Here's my request for you today, brothers and sisters. I want you to join me, even in all of your doubts or your wonderings about saying yes. I want you to say, yes, Lord, be it unto me as you've said. Let me be a vessel of, of honor for you alone, not for the praise of humankind, but to please you, Lord. You and I may not be called to an immaculate conception, but we are called to sacrifice our entire lives and to show up and to be in the army of the Lord. Jesus said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I go to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything and I will do it. He told us that signs would follow those who would believe. And finally, this is one of my favorite endings of any, any book of the Bible. John 21, 24, and 25 says, This disciple John is the one who testifies to the events that have been recorded in this book. And we know his account of these things is accurate. 
Jesus did many other things, and if they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Brothers and sisters, if we said yes, I guarantee you there would be a ripple effect, and the world could not contain all of the books that would say the things that God has done. We could stay here and have coffee and eat, and I could say, tell me what God has done. Tell me what God has done. Tell me what God has done. And there would be such a ricochet of the Holy Spirit that I guarantee you we would be in tears saying, glory to God in the highest. Thank you for letting your Holy Spirit rest upon me, a person who didn't know any better, but my yes has started a catalyst and a ripple effect that is now impacting the entire world. Dear brothers and sisters, I pray that this year we go on a ride that will grow us up and take us out and send us out and bust us out of our comfort zones. And may our sacred yes today or tomorrow be followed by another sacred yes and another sacred yes that creates a catalyst of everlasting change. Mary said yes. Without all of the ducks in a row, Mary said yes. With fear in her heart, Mary said yes, but the Holy Spirit met her. May the Holy Spirit meet you in your place of questioning. May the Holy Spirit meet you in your place of wondering. And may his presence be so palatable and powerful that you can't help but open your hands and your heart and say, God, be it unto me as you have said. As the band comes up to lead us as we close, I pray that you will worship with this in mind, that my yes today could spark a catalyst for transformation in my life and in others tomorrow. And who knows how far God will take our sacred yes, but we know that somebody's life will be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Stand with us.